1: Hi everybody, it's Chatting with Ned, it's it's Natalie Jean. Today we have Elisa Carmona of the band Mauriciana Band Project, MBP. Mauriciana Band Project, aka MBP, is an award-winning soul collective founded in September 2016. Their mission is to add vibrancy to the Bronx through music, community engagement, and social initiatives. Founder Alyssa Carmona is a singer, Air Force veteran, and winner of the 2022 SU-CASA Award. With creative energy and loads of talent, MBP delivers the sounds of legendary funk, rock, and soul artists while promoting awareness for issues like gun violence, disaster relief, and sickle cell disease. Let's give her a round of applause.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Hello.
1: Hello. How are you, Alyssa?
2: I'm pretty good. How are you?
1: Well, the way that I answer things these days is I'm still alive. (laughs) I'm
2: still alive. That's what works for all of us.
1: (laughs) I'm telling you, you wake up every morning, you're just like, whoa, am I still here? (laughs)
2: Right. Right. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, um, uh, thanks for giving me the honor of having you on the show. So we know that this has been a crazy time, a crazy period in the 21st century. So how have you been doing um, during this whole pandemic season?
2: Well, um, in 2020, most of our live performances were canceled. And so we had to step our game up and we learned how to live stream. And we did first, uh, it was the 2020 Concert Series Quarantine Edition. Um, We had partners. We had funders. Bronx Council on the Arts has been one of our biggest supporters. And so I would say to any artist, go to your arts council. They are there for you, and Bronx Council on the Arts has been very gracious when it comes to funding and commissioning our projects. Um, I got the Tsukasa Award that year as well, and it was a residency at a senior center. That closed down. Everything shut down. So that's what we did. We, we learned how to live stream. We bought the right equipment, and, you know, we're pretty good with that.
1: That's awesome. There's nothing and-
2: like a live stream. Yeah, we miss the- live performances though.
1: Amen to that. Um, let me also mm-hmm. let me also thank you for the
2: service.
1: As in- oh, thank you,
2: thank you so much. It was real brief though. If you blinked, you missed me.
1: It's okay, <laughs> but you were brief. in it. You were in it. it. doesn't matter. You were in, even if it was like a blip. <laughs> you, yeah. you were in it. you
2: were in it. So- I think the problem is. They put uh-huh. this City Girl in Nebraska. So <laughs> that was a different experience. <laughs> it was totally different.
1: You were like Nebraska I,
2: <laughs> I am. I'm New York City born and raised and
1: it wasn't
2: it wasn't a bad experience. It was just different. But um I wasn't making music during that time. I actually left the industry I left music alone completely for about twenty years. Oh wow. Yeah, wow. so I was a I was a dental tech in the F counted teeth.
1: Mhm. All right. Yeah. yeah. Everything everything helps. Everything helps. So thank you. Thank yeah. You for your service, I guess. Um Thank one you. Other, one of the questions I like to ask is this. Now, we know that the past two to three years have been crazy with the pandemic, the elections destroyed, all these the the trained. And tsunamis and everything going on in the world and occupation for all that thing. And you can see that um, there's a lot of trouble. so one of the things that I've seen is that during this time there have always been also some growth. I'm
2: sorry, I missed your question.
1: Oh, I haven't asked so it yet. I haven't asked. It.
2: Oh, I'm so. No, you so, cut out. You cut. I did
1: So, um, so there's been pros and cons in everything that's been happening in this world. So, um, mm-hmm. what I have seen as co as pro- <laughs> pros is that you know there were a lot mm-hmm. of family members that were walking outside together, so people took the time to be together. For, Mm-hmm. There, are, um, there are people that decided to cut back on work because they just they found out that they were missing a lot from their family. Um, they
2: right.
1: their job because they realized that the pandemic might support, and that it was mm-hmm. more about their passion than about money. Um, right. time, the solution level went down as soon as everybody was off the streets. So the animals, Mother Nature. They were happy that we were, gone the spring, that we were coming back.
0: And then we have artists who
1: decided to rebrand, um, not to create squeeze hours during the pandemic. Um, we decided to more effective players. Some decided to do something different. So there was a lot of self-introspection. So during this right. time, did you take time to have some self-introspection to think about your career, the
2: type of organization, the type of people you What did you think about? It? I did take time. Um, it, everything happened so quickly. Um, well, I'm, I'm in New York City and our city officially closed down on uh, March 13th. Um, that's when businesses, you know, officially said, this is our last day. And, and we were doing a gig that day um, yeah. with a group of other bands. And all of us had heard the word coronavirus. And so we were scared. Many of us were wearing masks for the first time. And then the following week, that and this was Friday, that Monday, everything closed my, my senior center residency closed, um, all the senior centers in New York City closed. Um, I'm getting uh, emails and text messages and phone calls. We're going to have to postpone this gig. I was scheduled um, myself to fly out to New Orleans. Um, I sometimes travel and work with, you know, put together short-term projects in other places. And I had things booked. And it dried up and so at the same time I was experiencing a family situation we lost a family member to COVID um, and I kind of used music as a way to not heal necessarily but cope um, mm-hmm. my band and I we were working remotely and you know trying out things like Zoom which I was familiar with Zoom but not for concerts and things wow. um, and, and I learned that you cannot hold rehearsal on Zoom. We've tried. Trust me. But we wrote a song um, during that time, and it was called Put On Your Armor. And we're not a Christian band, but it, it had an inspirational message, and it was based on scripture. And it was for a contest that we did not win, but it felt good to have something to do. And we kind of put our our heart and soul on this um, project, working remotely, just putting all our pieces together. And the first time we were able to get together in person, I believe that was June 12th. And we had a virtual concert scheduled. And it was so emotional, at least for me, that seeing my band for the first time in months and not knowing, you know what the outcome of any of this was gonna be. Um, it was in the words of that song. I didn't share that song with you today because we're still, it's still now a work in progress, but um, that song just took me to everything that was happening. It was so much still unrest, George Floyd, you know, Brianna, everything that was happening all at once along with yes. the pandemic. And I felt like that time was reflective. That period, that's where my thoughts were with the music.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot, ooh, a lot of that period. Um, yeah. I'm
2: so sorry, I didn't hear you.
1: So I I completely get that. Mm-hmm that during a period of a year where you have a lot of downtime, you have a lot of time to be able
0: to uh, how you want your
1: music to go and, and think about all the, all the things that you've lost, the uh, music opportunities that uh, would rebound. Now, what was it about the music industry that made you want to uh, start uh, this band, Morris, Morrisania band project.
2: Morrisania, number one is a neighborhood in the South Bronx. I always tell people, but don't tell anybody. It's the neighborhood where hip hop started and it is a very cultural. It's a, it's a cult musical. It's cultural for its music. Um, in the 50s and 60s, you had a lot of doo-wop bands and, you know, of course, hip-hop, um, mm-hmm. Latin jazz and salsa. While they didn't start here, it was you know, heavily popularized here. So this is a musical neighborhood that many people are not aware of. At the time that I started the band, it was never a plan to start a band. It was... Literally, I've, I wanted to be able to make music in my community. At the time, I was traveling all the way to Lower Manhattan just to go to vocal classes, paying a boatload of money, and, you know, didn't have it like that. And I figured this should be in my neighborhood. And so I did some grants to Bronx Council on the Arts and won that year. That was 2016. Um, and it was originally for a 12-week project, a 12-week project. And we were gonna do a performance, and we did, and then we just stuck together, um, and just kept doing it. Uh, people came, people went, and um, we're still here. And uh, so I got the idea for the band once people began to hire us because we were doing music. I do a lot of covers. Covers, you know, have been a pay the bills, been our bread and butter, but also. It's what people wanted to hear. So I do what I call feel-good music, music that people can relate to. And I also have a background in social work and case management. So I was able to get into these agencies that are doing community-based, you know, uh, programming. You know, it could be for sickle cell disease or, you know, gun violence, all causes that I believe in, and that affects me personally. But I have a degree in social work, so I was able to use my name and title so to speak to get in the door and as well as write my own grants which also that it was a big help you know i wasn't just dependent on a venue to pay and that's when the idea of hey i need to make this into something that's what my band is actually here tonight and i'm we're setting up for rehearsal hey why i my drummer just walked in (laughs) we're setting up to rehearse um, for a fundraiser that we have coming up for children who live with autism. Um, And so that was the way that those things and these continuous bookings for these uh, cause related issues was what Mm -hmm. made me say, Hey, we can do something with this.
1: That's fantastic. Now I I know that you do a lot of covers, but you write your own music too, right?
2: We do. Uh, We don't get to get to it as much as we'd like to. Um, We have a single that we would like to complete and or um, release, hopefully by summer. It's called Get Out My Face. Um, But we don't get to do it together as often as we like to because we're continuously being booked for, you know, different venues, different occasions. So we may say, let's get together next week and work on our song and by that time we have two bookings to rehearse for and that takes you know the place of us putting together so it's definitely on the make we need that it's on the horizon and we do it but not as much as we'd like to okay
1: so that being said um we've um, been writing music or doing super songs how how important is authentic, authenticity to you?
2: Very important. Um, when I do covers, I am translating something that was already done, but it's important to me to put my spin on it, to make the song mine, so to speak. And so it might be an Aretha song I'm covering, Mary J. Blige or whatever, but you're going to get a Lisa. at the same time. You're going to recognize the song, and it's going to be something that you love, but you're gonna see something that shows why that song is so crucial to me. So it's, it's very important to me. Um, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Uh, Mary J. Blige already did that. She laid it down. I don't need to come out and do what she does. I'm not looking to make it better. I, you know, she's right. the queen of hip hop soul. But I am looking to make my mark. I also talk a lot and so one one show, one a song um, I might take it in a direction that you didn't see coming because I'm I'm also telling a story during the course of me doing this song like you know before I do love songs I give a disclaimer you know who's heard of this bullshit called love or, you know right. something to this, that effect awesome
1: so I'm going to play uh, Rock Steady
2: Oh, yes. Okay. We can talk about that.
1: All right. Let's talk about Rock Betty. How did you go about doing this cover of Rock Betty? I know this song well. I
2: really love it. That is from our Aretha tribute. It's called The tribute, the tour was called Natural Woman, a Celebration, a Queen of Soul Celebration. And it was funded by Bronx Council on the Arts um, and the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs. Uh, We were commissioned to do five concerts in 2019, five free concerts for the community. We did something close to 18 off of this, off of was Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. All right. Well, let
1: me wait. I got. I got
2: to give. Wait. I got to. I got to give my disclaimer. This is a song that made me famous in my own mind. I'm a celebrity in my own mind because of this song. Well, that.
1: That's beautiful and you are a celebrity. So I'm gonna go ahead and play it. Okay. I had me grooving.
2: Thank you. That's that's actually, we did a video shoot. We did that during COVID. We did it on, um, I think, Halloween, October 31st. And um, we just did a whole day of it. Uh, You see us in our masks. The video is on YouTube, um, on our YouTube channel. But we had a lot of fun with it. It was a tribute to, one, it's a tribute to Aretha, but we also, the video was a tribute to what she did with the Blues Brothers when she was behind right. the counter. So we were, like, acting and everything. And most people didn't realize that the video, people listening. Like, we recorded our audios ahead of time. And they were, like, really impressed. That that video was a lot of fun. It took all day though.
1: Awesome. So you have you have an upcoming tribute concert at Savannah, which is on April 29th, right? From ten to...
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We will be in Harlem, April 29th, from 10 p.m. to midnight. Um, it's one of, we're a regular there at Savannah, but this one is going to be special because I have been working with my band on a 90s tribute, a tribute to 90s yeah. soul singers. Oh, cool so it was and it's it kind of tells my life story and I'm and my upbringing. I was raised in the 80s and I came of age in the 90s. And so people like Mary of course, uh, people like Erica Badu, Aaliyah, and Lauren Hill. And so we're going to be, you know, debuting some of that those covers as well. And I'll be also of course telling my story. This is where I was when this song came out.
1: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. How
2: long have you been to music? I've been singing since I was four. Um, I've been in church choir since I was five, a lead singer at the age of seven. And then I went to music and art um, high school. with Dang, I'm going to live. I went to that school. Yeah. Um, and then I, I left it alone, as I said earlier. I left music completely Alone for 20 years because this is why you know to, to uh, I don't know change the subject only a little bit representation okay. is very important it's a, it's very important and growing up I grew up in the hood I didn't okay. see singers I'm a brown woman I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm African American slash Afro Latina and right. I have brown skin dark brown skin. I didn't see me growing up. I wasn't encouraged to pursue a career in singing. I was told, sing come a dime dozen. And, and I don't, there's no, you know, fault or anything against my upbringing because that was the advice that people felt was the best. You know, there's tons of people who can sing and play an instrument that don't make it. And so it's, it's why it's really important to see that. I didn't see those things, and so I never saw my place. Um, it took, not I won't call it tragedy, but I will say heartbreak. And I will also, you know, take it in a different direction again. Mental health is real. It's very real. And in 2012, music literally saved me. I, I just graduated with my master's degree, but I left the field. I left corporate. It was just too much bureaucracy and, you know, people's lives need to be saved. And we over here fighting over Uh, printer toner and you know dumb shit and so I left and didn't even have a plan of action on a whim I went to a vocal class I was with my daughter who she self taught on guitar so she was going to replace her strings at a, at a, a music store in lower Manhattan and on a whim I just saw a sign that said we give lessons so I said you give vocal lessons and they said yeah I had no job at this time I had no money coming in and I paid $60 for this lesson, and it was such a lifesaver. It was like someone threw a, a, a lifeline to me, literally. And that was the first time I had sang in years in front of anyone. And it was a vocal coach. I don't know much about her, but I'll shout her out just the same. She was a Polish-American lady. Her name was Bogey, and she was pregnant at the time. Much love to Bogey. Because she said to me, there's not much damage to your voice. I thought there was so much damage. You know, I took cigarettes and, you know, hadn't been singing publicly. And she told me, set a goal to find somewhere to sing before the end of this year. Before the end of this year, be on a stage somewhere singing. And, you know, I did that. And... I didn't even realize it until I was on the stage December seventeenth, 2012. I was singing Baby It's Cold Outside, and I was singing it with two women. They were horsing me, and what? so I sang my little heart out, and they were just singing hard, and, you know, Baby It's Cold Outside. I'm just, you know, a little timid. Enough. And it dawned on me at that moment, I'm doing just what Bogey said, and I didn't even try. I didn't even look for this and that saved me and so i just that i kept at it um i used i was able to use my other skills and grant writing my degree is in social work and nonprofit management and so i learned a lot about admin fundraising grassroots fundraising and so at this same agency that allowed me to sing on their stage they gave me an opportunity to write their grants and you know i'm sure you know how it is like when you graduate from a thing you don't have the experience that you need. This agency took a chance on me, yeah. and I wrote grants that year. That I wrote grants in 2015 that got us to Carnegie Hall. So I performed on Carnegie at Carnegie Hall twice in 2015, as well as got 30 to 50 people on that stage with me through grants that I wrote. So you know, that shows me that there is a future. And so what I try to be now is representation to other young people coming up that you can do this, you can pursue this, that, you know, there are ways. It it might not just be outright singing. You might do community organizing along with singing. It might be, you know, you're a makeup artist, but you're getting your your shot to sing as well. Um, That's why representation is so, you know, getting back to the original point. Seeing me would have gone a long way with me coming to music sooner. And so I try to be that visibility to other little girls, not just brown girls and, you know, boys too, or, you know, just people in general. Yep. Very important. Sorry, I said a mouthful. I'm so sorry. You're supposed to be asking me questions. That's my bad. That's
1: okay. This is all about you. What do you love most about being an artist?
2: the actual performance part i have anxiety and Mm. i'm I'm pretty open with that um i you know go to my therapist you know mental health is real but for some reason all self-doubt when i'm standing on the stage i'm scared up until the point that it's time to open my mouth and sing my song and at that point in time, I'm the mo- I'm a warrior. I'm- at that point, um, the actual performance is what gets me. Um, the crowd involvement. I talk a lot of shit during my um, performances, so I might call you out, Mister You in the yellow shirt, or you know, or what have you. And that part is what thrills me the most. I missed that during COVID. Doing the live stream shows, they were great, and I loved my band. But there's nothing like a live show where you have back and forth, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of performance that I live for. I
1: agree with you. I'm going to play your from Tell Me Something. Tell me about that.
2: Tell Me Something Good. That is a Shaka Khan cover. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Um, we do a tribute to Shaka Khan as well. It is a part of our... Queens and Divas tribute, in which I tribute some of the leading ladies that I grew up on, including Grace Jones, uh, Randy Crawford, Tina Turner, uh, my, who, who have I said throughout this broadcast? Mary J. Blige, and of course, Khan. All right, let
1: me play. <laughs>
3: Some have had to love me
2: At the end of it all, we do something closer to twenty. And so, um, originally, when we when we first spoke, I think the date for that concert was May seventh. It was moved to May sixth. That is a Mother's Day event, and we will be partnering with our longtime friends Save Our Streets Bronx. Um, they are on the forefront of community safety and uh, combat combating gun violence. Will be in Charlton Gardens in the Bronx. That's on East 164th Street and Hilton White Way. These concerts are free. They're typically done in uh, city parks, plazas, community gardens, where they are accessible to the people. Huh? Yes. Uh-huh. So that's uh-huh. the first. That's the first one we'll be doing. But sorry. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, by following us on Instagram, you know, you'll always get the latest update on where we'll be next.
1: Awesome. awesome. Now I'm going to play if I can find it here. Don't wanna fight.
2: This is an original. Um All right. I was feeling a little bluesy with it. And so this is my band behind me. Um we are it's me, my um, Elisa Carmona on lead vocals, uh, Wasi Moody on drums, Greg Daffin on bass, and Kevin Bell on keyboard. This one has Rich Thompson on guitar as well.
1: And so, why did you bring
2: um, Sometimes I feel a little rock and sometimes I feel jazzy. But this feel, I, I, just, I don't know, I just had this thought in my mind on how i had the vocals in my head the only thing that i knew was the chorus was just don't want to fight and i felt loose I, I can't explain it and you tell me what you're
3: hearing <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs>
2: Caffeine Underground in Brooklyn. Oh, when was that? That was before the pandemic hit. So that was January before the pandemic. <laughs> Shout out to Caffeine Underground. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> what were things you wish you had known before
1: you had-
2: I wish I had known that there was a spot for me. That there mm. was a place. As I said, representation matters. When I was growing up, I didn't see any singers around me. I, at least no one who said, hey, I'm a singer or You know, this is my identity. So I thought it was a hype dream. I thought that, you know, I was, you know, wishing for something that couldn't happen. So I wish someone had told me it can happen. Uh, you may have to use a combination of skills. I'm a band leader. I'm a lady boss, and my band is all male, and they're all taller than me. I'm pretty short. I I'm 5'4". But right. um, they listen to my hair-brain and, you know, I was always the girl with the ideas that became the woman with the ideas. And I was always scared to put them into action because it sounds dumb or Nobody's going to listen because I didn't have that representation. So I wish someone had told me before, there's a spot for you, Lisa, you can do this. Right.
1: And number two... You still there? Hello. Yeah, I'm here. You... Okay, and number two...
2: Number two was the second. What's the second part of what I wish I knew? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I wish I knew how. I wish I knew how challenging this work is. I just like to perform. I want you to plug in my mic and give me my mic. Um, the, the marketing part, the promotion. Those are the things that I'm still learning. Um, I was, not, we were selected to be a part of this uh, accelerator program with communities, Communitized ventures, and so I've been going to weekly classes where they're teaching us about marketing and branding and all of you know these various things that they're good and they're good for me to know and I need to know this, but it's also overwhelming at the same time. When sometimes I just want to be a singer. All right, number three. There's a three? Uh, Let me think. Uh, Well, sometimes I don't always know what to say, and I tend to overthink things. As I said, I have anxiety. But I realized at the end of the show, you did it. And whatever mistakes you made, you can get some new ones. You don't have to be stuck there. That doesn't define you. And my voice cracks on a song, which it can do, you know, as a a professional that has been classically trained, you know, we all have our moments. But it doesn't define you. You can rise from it. That's
1: very true. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa, for being on chatting with Nat. It was such a wonderful work. Thank you. And I hope that you have a continued, I hope. I wish you much continued success on your musical journey. I'm sure there's more that you'll be doing. Um,
2: Thank you so much. And shout out to my mom and pops, Rob and Adrienne. This is y'all's daughter. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me.
1: All right. All right, everybody. This is chatting With Nat with Alyssa Carmona from the brand Morrisania Band Park MVP. You can find them on Instagram, on Facebook, YouTube. Or you can just Google them. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard.